Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Our guest moderator this evening, Talib Kweli, and our special guest, musician, Reese. Hello, Apple Store. Apple Store, thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. How you guys doing? What's up? Thank you for coming out on a Friday night to hang out with Reese. This is the best place in the city that you could be, so y'all already know that, but I st I'm still thanking y'all for coming out. It was a gorgeous night in New York City, and it's a lot of places you could be right now, but you chose to be here with us. Or you buying a computer, you know? Shout out to all those iPad. people over there buying a computer. <laughs> you guys are in the matrix. Right. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do this interview. I'm excited because uh, Reese is one of my best friends. Um, I've known her for a long time. She's been on virtually every project I've ever put out as a guest. We have a group together called Idol Worship. We put out a mixtape. We have an Idol Worship fan in the house. We put out a mixtape, we put out an album uh, called Habits of the Heart. I'm very proud of Idol Worship. Idol Worship gave me a platform for artistic freedom that surprisingly I didn't have. I'm, I'm pretty free as an artist in, in my hip hop, but Idol Worship allowed me, with Reese's help, to um, explore different genres and everything. And so, and I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited, I'm, I'm a fan too, so. You know, um, uh, you know what I think? Yeah, what you, I was going to say, um, a lot of people, when they hear, um, you know, when they talk about idol worship, they're like, oh, you know, they hear that it's both of us or whatever. And people always, you know, it's, I'm definitely singing a lot on that album, right? But people don't realize, and I always have to remind them that a group is not only just what you hear, but it's also like the production behind it doing the hours of mixing with the mix engineer, picking the beats, and these are things that I think you do, or you have done for our group that people don't even really know about. Well, you know, it's a- Because it's more, and then just like writing a song and singing it, like that's like, third, I don't know, 40% of, of getting a song done. So right. I think you can also say that you are great at putting an album together that's well, not just hip hop. That's, that's exciting for me because it was, it was exciting for me to, to not have to be present in every moment but on Front Street. You know, it, was, it was exciting for me to, to collaborate. I mean, I'm a fan of collaborations. This is, Idol Worship was my third group, so mm -hmm. that's just what, what I love to do. But this is about Reese. I'm just saying. And Refried Mac. Refried Mac is the album Reese has yes. coming out October 29th. Yes, I'll let you clap. That's good. Refried Max coming out October 29th. You can pre-order it on iTunes right now if yes. you're antsy and you can't wait like me. Um, it's Reese covering Fleetwood Mac songs. So if you're a fan of Fleetwood Mac and you're a fan of uh, just a talented artist and you're a fan of interpolation experiment and stuff like that, this is right up your alley. And uh, I want to start this interview by saying, first of all, Reese, you're from Philadelphia, Yes, right? I am. I'm from Philly, and um, specifically, you know, people always are like, oh, what part of Philly are you from? And I, I was born in Philadelphia, and when I was very, very small, born baby. Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised, in the playground. Actually, my cousin knows Will Smith and was like in the Parents Just Don't Understand video. So, Phil, you know, that's an old random thing to say, but whatever. And, um, but I actually also lived a lot of my life in the <laughs> suburbs of Philly, right near where Kobe Bryant is from where he went to high school, Lower Marion. So, um, but now, if I would go back to Philly, I would be in Southwest, because that's where my family lives now, so. So tell me about your parties. family. Tell me about your parents' influence on you and influence on your music, together and, and separately. Well, I think um, 
you know, if separately, I would definitely say my mom is, you know, my mom and my dad are big um, influences as far as what I listen to music, just like any other kid, I, I would think. Um, for the memory that I have with my mom and listening to music is like, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, blasting the radio because that was the time that every my household woke up were like family morning people, you know? And um, my mom would just like put on the radio and like that's how we would start our day. So that's like how I remember, that's like my earliest memories of music of my mother. Which which artist was she listening to? Um, she was listening to like a lot of 80s pop, like Billy Idol, Adam Ant, um, a lot of R&B stuff that was on like one, WDAS, you know, like uh, classic R&B. Um, and yeah, like she she likes like the doo-wop groups, you know, of like the '60s and the '50s. But she was also into '80s new wave, but and stuff '80s like new that, wave which, too. Um, it's kind of random. I think that accounts for some of your style, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, th- all the things that I think, you know, all the things that I listened to growing up are the things that kind of just stick with me now more than the stuff that I listened to as a college age person, you know. And then with my father, um, the earliest memory of music is just going to work and driving and listen he was like a repeat person so i'm that same way like if i have a song that i love i just repeat it over and over until i'm like done with it you know like three weeks later and uh definitely get that from him and driving in the car in the corvette to north philly going to work okay so we performed at williamsburg music hall for CMJ, we had a Javodi versus Duck Down showcase. If you're familiar with Duck Down, they're the qu- one of the quintessential independent hip hop labels. They've been doing it for a long time. I really look up to them for what I'm trying to do with my label. And um, we, it was a real hip hop event, a fair. You know, it was very grimy, a lot of blunts, a lot of Hennessy. You know what I'm saying? Like it was very. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a hip hop show for yeah, real. It was, it was smoky, <laughs> you know. But Reese, being one of the artists that I'm working with, performed and. I think the raw power of your voice and the beauty of your voice, it doesn't matter what type of music you are listening to or what you came for, when you leave after seeing you perform, you're blown away. That, you. that singing style that you have, is that something that is, you know, is it natural? Is it, it, did, you, did you train yourself? Did you go to school? Like, how do you learn how to sing like that? Well, I think um, early on, I, I used to sing around the house all the time. And um, my mom was like, oh, she likes to sing. I guess we need to give her voice lessons, you know? I guess people just always trying to find a way to hone what you do and make it better. So I would take voice lessons, but I think, um, but that doesn't make you be able to sing. It just shows you how to sing the right way, you know, um, breathing wise and stuff like that. But I guess I just sing the way I sing because of the people I listened to in the past. Like I love listening to Sade. I love listening to Marvin Gaye. I love like just great soul singers. But um, the one thing I don't like is uh, like riffing. Like when people, ooh, ah, you know, it's like acrobatics. So that's something I never do or I try not to do. But if I do, it's only because I feel like I need to like impress people or something. But, you know, but my singing style is just, I just try to really get in the moment and really enjoy what I'm doing and just try to make it effortless, you know. And I think effortless is a good word. Um, And that 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 style um, is is displayed prominently on your first album, How I Do. Mm-hmm. It came out 2001. Thanks. All right. A lot of people are fans of that album. You know, I, I like travel the world. I hear the album in like elevators and when yeah, you right sit by the pool or they yeah. say vision will come on somewhere. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm like, saying? Like, um, how did you end up on, on Geffen and putting that album out? What was that whole experience like? Well, um, how I do actually, I was, um, I met someone and, you know, 
Well, actually, how, it wasn't Geffen. It was on MCA. Oh, but right. MCA actually turned into Geffen. So it was kind of the same difference, you know? But um, I just made a demo deal. I made a demo tape and got that demo tape to um, Sony Records. So, yeah, Sony. And then Sony gave me a demo deal, and that demo deal turned into another demo deal where I got more money just to make some songs and let them decide what they wanted to do. And then we actually took the same songs from the demo and we put them on the album for How I Do. And um, it was just one of those things, honestly, I, I just knew the right people, I think, you know? And I was just, it was what I was supposed to do at the time. And I just kind of literally said to them, okay, what do I need to do to get a record deal? And they were like, okay, do this, 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 and that. And literally I did it and it happened. So it was one of, you know, it was back in the 90s when the record music... When everybody had a record deal. Yeah, like, everyone had a record deal. You know, the weed man could get a record deal. The yeah. weed man could get a record deal. It wasn't for real, even, Tommy Boy gave Farside Weed Man a record deal. I, I believe know. it. Quentin. I believe, <laughs> I believe that. But yeah, it was in that time where it was like, you know, money is flowing with these labels, so they're just like signing a bunch of artists and throwing them up, up against the wall. And if they stick, they stick. And if they didn't, then you were dropped. And I was one of those artists that stuck. And um, yeah. Now the industry changed a lot. You know, and you found yourself in a situation where you were working on your second album, um, mm -hmm. but you wanted to leave the label and have and yeah, be yeah. out of the, out of your situation. And just for me being friends with you and knowing you, um, there was a lot of frustration around that time. Um, Idol worship was born around that time because both of us were in situations where you wanted to do something different. different yeah. But how did you, um, you know, how, if are you still feeling that frustration from? not from removing yourself from the music industry at, or have you overcome it? And if you've overcome it, how? Well, I think, um, I think the things that I, w I was frustrated in the past because I wanted to just put music out and have everybody love it and like it and sing along to it and all that kind of stuff. And when I was in a situation where I was at a major label but my music wasn't coming out, I didn't have a release date, things of that nature, I felt like, okay, why am I here, you know? So then, I, like a lot of artists, I asked to leave my label. And when I left, I felt good about it because I felt like, oh, okay, I'm gonna just get another record deal. But it turned into a situation where um, the industry completely changed and I guess it took me time to adapt to it. Now that you know, I'm kind of back in the game and you know, signed to your label and E1 as well, it's like, uh, I feel good about it. You know, there's, it's really different because it's almost like going back to school or going back to like the fifth grade, you know, where you, but you feel like you should know everything going on, but you're back in fifth grade and for some reason you can't remember the 50 states. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's not like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. That's yeah, like. that's what it feels like. It's like I'm back to school and I know what I'm doing, but there's a completely new different system. So it's a whole new, you know, things that I'm excited about that I had no idea I could do and then things that, you know, I'm, not excited about, you know, because there's so much to do. But so, so let me ask you this. As far as hip hop, mm -hmm. for independent artists, it seems to be a clear, clear cut blueprint. Like you get your video on World Star or something, you get on a couple of blogs, right. you know, you, you know, there's a certain plan, you have a mixtape. Yeah, but for an artist tape. that defies any specific genre, like you can't mm -hmm. really put you in a, well, Reese does this, Reese just does Reese music. I feel like what have been the challenges for an artist that's not in a specific genre to be independent? Well, it's, it's a lot, you know, when you're an artist that just does something besides just straight ahead hip hop or straight ahead R&B or straight ahead rock and roll or alternative rock or 
whatever it is, it's you, you're kind of in between the lines. And although you may do something great, it's hard to just put a label on it. So the hardest thing is now is to now convince people, oh, my music can fit in all these genres. Because nowadays everyone listens to everything and everything's a melting pot. So now it's like going back on that whole like, oh, I'm in the middle. Now I want to, you know, do I decide? Do I change the music I make? But then the people that love what you do aren't happy. But the people that you're your business people are happy because then they can say, oh, we can put a label on this and we can just, you know, sell it to people because it has a name. So it's a little difficult, but I think the only thing I can do is just write, a, try to write better songs. That's how I look at it, so that it doesn't matter what genre it is. And it's like something like Blurred Lines and it's being played on every genre. So that's kind of like my goal, just to make songs that are so good that they're just undeniable. And it doesn't matter what genre it's in. You know, like Stevie Nicks. Like Stevie Nicks. You know. So, so how did why Fleetwood Mac? How did this project come about? The production, the the idea of it. Talk about refried Mac, which is again in stores October 29th. Yes. Reese's new album. But tell us about it. And and it's on iTunes October 29th. But yeah, refried Mac. Um, you know, I was in a place where I wasn't making a lot of music, and I came back from New from Los Angeles. I moved to Philadelphia. And this was the first piece of music that I did, you know, after like a whole year for, you know, personal reasons or whatever. And um, I just got in the studio with a guy named Tom Spiker and we decided to work on this project, work on Fleetwood Mac songs on covers, you know. But it was really hard to do at first because we, we had to sit on it. We had a couple of sessions where no music was being played and we were just talking about how we're going to remake classics and not have people hate us for it. You know what I mean? Um, it's really good. Like I like it. You know, when I, I heard like it too. when I heard it, you know, I didn't think I, I didn't think of Fleetwood Mac. I thought of just new songs, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to necessarily just remake a classic and try to sound like the person that did it. But um, that's why the music sounds so different. We just completely scratched what you guys know of Fleetwood Mac musically and. I just went in for like the songwriting because the songwriting to me is the best part of Fleetwood Mac and um, you know but yeah I'm a big fan of Stevie Nicks her songs it's funny that you say how I do plays in elevators because that's pretty much how I heard all of Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac songs like in supermarkets and you know Kenny G versions of it and every type of version you know so right I just love Fleetwood Mac and decided to do this first I thought it would be a good introduction um, and a great setup for when I put out an original album, which um, I'll probably do next year. So you're back, you're rehabilitated. I'm What's back, <laughs> I'm happy, I'm rehabilitated. You just won the Super Bowl. I just won the Super Bowl, and I'm going to Disney World. What's next? Um, I'll probably be going back to Brooklyn. And then after that? <laughs> I have no... Oh, I, I don't know <laughs> what the right answer is, but <laughs> I'll be there. Reese has another <laughs> album coming out after Refried Mac. Yeah, original songs. Original songs. Now, Refried Mac album is, is great, you know, and you're going to love it. It's just going to whet your appetite for Reese's solo album. Yes. So I'll be very excited to get back to doing, like, the music that I do or that I like to do and, uh, and performing it. Do you have you any, um, anything you could tell us musically about the The, 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 the new song? album? Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, the new album... It's the, the best part about making this new album is that now I feel like there's other people out there that want me to make it. You know, like going, being new to the industry, making your first album, you have, you know that nobody cares because no one knows who you are. But now it feels great to make an album and know that people are looking forward to it and people are anticipating it. And that's something new for me. So, um, 
So I'm excited about that. Because now I, when I go in the studio, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till people hear it, you know? And I know the type of people that I'm going to see at the show. And I feel like, you know, just way more connected. Because in the, in the last, you know, few years between me having albums out, I've just, you know, been a person of the world. And I've been able to meet and talk to different people who are fans. I'm, I've sat next to people on the train, on the subway, had whole conversations with them. And then, and the very end of the conversation, they're like, yo, I just want to say I really like your stuff, you know? And it's just like, wow, okay. You know, so now I really know my fans. I really know who they are, what they like, what they don't, what they dress like, where they are. So I feel like now I know who I'm making music for, which is a different vibe. But these, these people here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Give it up for Reese, huh? Thank you. So where are we with time? Yeah, we gotta oh. ask some questions. They, I'm sure they have some oh, questions. Right, right. If anybody has a question. Before we do that, I'm going to say Reese can be found on Twitter at The One, one Reese. And yeah. where else can you be found? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. For Instagram and Twitter, it's The One Reese, T-H-E, number one, R-E-S. For Pinterest, it's just at R-E-S. And um, yeah, I'm all over it. Like, I like social media now. It's fun. <laughs> you know you have your love, no, hate. It. Like, I you, you love it, it, and then you hate. No, first you... I remember, yeah, I remember it. a conversation we had in Germany and on an idol worship tour it. like five years ago about social media. I know. I was like, I hate it. <laughs> I was like, this damn computer, this damn everything. But then I, I don't know. It goes in waves. You know, you get, I don't know, people feed you and you feed them with it. Hello. Hey, how are you? What's your I'm name? Courtney. Courtney. Nice to meet you. I love um, Fleetwood Mac. And Me too. What was your thought process behind saying, you know what, I think that I'm going to try to interpret these Stevie Nicks songs. Uh, were you, was I, it, um, okay. was it scary for you? Or were you like, I'm going to go into it like an adventure? Well, it was, uh, it was interesting because, one, I didn't know, this, all the songs that we did on this EP, I didn't necessarily know all of them. At just 17, I didn't know before I recorded it. So it made it interesting because when you're not so familiar with um, you know, a song that you're covering, it can be anything at that point. Because you already know it's a great record. You know? So now it can be anything. But, um, but for the other songs, you know, like Dreams, I knew, of course, and you know, Little Lies and stuff like that. And I don't know, I guess I just had the idea, you know, I talked about it with like a producer that I used to work with and you know, everyone would say, after hearing They Say Vision, they're like, oh, you sound like Stevie Nicks. And at first I'm like, who is Stevie Nicks? I didn't even know until I like Googled it and everything and I'm like, oh, I heard these songs before. I just never knew the name and the artist and you know, the title of the song and the artist, but completely heard all of these songs before. Um, Edge of 17 I was less familiar with, but um, but yeah, I just, people for years were telling me I sounded like this woman, and I was like, okay, and then I finally heard um, heard her live, and then I heard her, you know, the versions of her singing when she was younger, and I was like, okay, I get it. So it's just like, I just felt like it was a good idea. And I mean, the songwriting is ridiculous. Like, they're like the best songs written, pretty much. So I just thought I'd give it a try. Someone asked me if I wanted to do like another, like, oh, do you want to do Hall and Oats next or this? And I'm like, nah, I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, just do that. But I think this is special, so, you know. Hi, my hey. name is Alva. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. So I wanted to know if Stevie um, Nicks, yeah, is yeah she, did Nicks. she herself get wind of you doing this project? How does she feel about it? And yeah, what were her thoughts? Well, I don't know. I you know I don't know Stevie Nicks, but 
I wish I did. I wish someone out here knew her because I think she should hear the songs. And yeah, my, I would you, love to. Our E1 people in the house are gonna Make plug us in and make it happen. Yes. Shout out to E1. Um, but yeah, like, uh, but you guys should be clapping for E1 because, and for Kwali and Javodi Media because they're putting out my next release, you know? And it's been a long time coming. So, you know, it's much appreciated. And I don't know, it's a lot, a lot of people, I was saying this earlier, a lot of people um, you come across will say, oh, I love your music and I love your music and I love your music and I love your music. They have a label, but they don't do anything for you or with you or, you know, to help put the music out. So, um, so just know there's, I know a lot of other people that have labels, but this is the guy who decided it must come out, you know? And Alan, Alan is over here too. Yeah, so I think it's special. I think my girlfriend has a question, but she's starstruck. Struck. Hi there. No, I'm not starstruck. I'm cool. I'm cool. Um, nice. Talib, I love your music. And Reese, I'm so looking forward to hearing your new album. It awesome. sounds awesome um, and Thanks. something really refreshing and new. My question is around, obviously, you guys have collaborated. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Idol Worship and how your different musical styles come together. What new things do you guys you know, bring to the table when you do work together, or how's it the same, how's it different? Um, just a little bit more about that working musical relationship. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, um, you know, Kwali and I have done music in the past, and it's been mostly me singing on a chorus and Kwali rapping and me supporting what he, you know, what he wants to do. And I think this time, um, I think you may have like, I don't know, thought about what I would want to do as a collabo project that's different than hip hop or something and just kind of went with it because I feel like I gotta give Kwali a lot of credit for that album because I think you like steered it a lot, you know, as far as like, you know, like finding the beats and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I had a choice if I wanted to sing on, on them, of course, but I think um, it was refreshing for me to just like kind of put it all in somebody else's hands and then to not know what to expect and to get something that I liked and to kind of be able to trust somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think I as far as me steering the steering the album, the production of the album, I think because I've had so many I've had a lot of albums. I'm fifteen albums deep, including the Idol Worship album. Um so I've had a lot of experience with there's a difference between being creative and then actually being able to put it out in the marketplace. And one thing that I've been that's a skill I've I've developed is I know how to get it from out the studio to actually I've always been able to do that even when people have said the style of music I do is not mainstream or not trendy anymore, I'm always stay able to compete in the marketplace. And um, the, But the thing I like the most about Idol Worship is what Reese just said is that it's not like Reese featuring Kwali or it's not Kwali featuring Reese. It's just it's just his own thing. And that's why we were careful to not put our names on it like that and not sell it with our images because I have so many musical influences that I don't get to use in the type of hip hop I do. And Reese has so many influences that she doesn't get to use. Idol Worship was a chance for us to just like try it all. You know, I'm in, I'm influenced by pop, by rock and roll, by R and B, by all of that. And I could do it under the moniker Idol Worship and not have people be like, oh he's selling out or and that was very refreshing for me. Hey guys, how you doing? Um I just wanna ask Reese, is there any female artist now that you're listening to that you like? And my second part of that question is do you think the industry now, since you've been gone and you're coming back, do you think it's made a turn for the better or the worse? Um, as far as female artists, um, I mean, I, you know, I like, hmm, I'm trying to think of somebody that's new. I like Lord. 
I like Lord. I like Lana Del Rey. People say she can't sing, but at the end of the day, like her records are dope, and she sounds like she does live on tape, and I liked it. So you know, I like her style. You're allowed to like Lana Del Rey. I know, but you, you know, know, I gotta apologize. <laughs> I'm like, I like her. <laughs> you know, I like the the way she writes songs. I like the swag she got with it. I, you know, um, but as far and then the second question was what. Oh, the industry, if it's bad or good. I mean, it's just different now, you know? Um, there's a lot more demands on the artist to be everything else except an artist that it's a lot for a true artist or for somebody who only wants to be an artist. It's almost like you can't just be an artist. You have to be a marketing genius. You have to be a social media guru. You know what I mean? You have to... And you just have to like to, I guess, always be in a great mood and. Or at least pretend that yeah, you are pretend on, it, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, like pretend. Like the the social media thing is strange sometimes. But um, I'm doing it real big out here. Yeah, and you're like at home. I'm all in the kitchen. Control. Yeah, you're like I'm in the studio, and it's like you're in the kitchen. You're in your studio apartment. <laughs> exactly, but you know that's the only thing. It's different. It's it's a lot more on the artist, and I think there's a lot of there's even more misconceptions now that. Everyone thinks they know what it, what an artist goes through because of reality TV. Like reality TV isn't real, but there's still millions of people out there who think it has some true aspect to it, but it doesn't. And especially with the ones that are about um, artists making albums, like those are the most skewed things ever. Um, half the time, the person doesn't even have a manager. They like hire somebody for six weeks to tape as their manager in this space. So it's it's weird. So I think right now it's even more misconceptions about what an indie artist actually has to do to make it. Um, and there's a big misconception that it's better to be indie than to be on a label. I think that's a big misconception. Um, if you really like to sing and you really like to rap, then you have to like to do six other things to be independent and for anyone besides your family to know your song. But if you want to make it into a, you know, you want to make it a business, you want millions of people or hundreds of thousands or just thousands of people to know what you do, then it definitely takes some other skills besides rapping and singing. And I think that's the main difference. Is there, um, do you find any challenges unique to releasing an album of covers? Yeah, I think so. It, you know, I think no matter how great a cover is, when it comes, again, it's like when it, it's no, not a problem to record it. You know, the art part of it is easy to do. It's just when you're trying to sell it and when you're trying to get it out there. Um, at the point where you have to sell something that's already been sold, a business is like, okay, how are we really doing this? And why are we really doing it? What, what's going to be the end payoff? What, what's coming next that we can, you know, profit off of? You know, how could, what, what do you have coming next that we're going to make our money off of from, th from this? But I don't, I, no one stopped me from doing it. No one asked me to do it either. But um, I think people just enjoyed it. And, and the people that I'm working with are like, yo, we liked it. We want to put it out. And we think other people should hear it. But I, I think the challenge would be just the fact that there's songs that I'm not getting publishing on. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And songs that may be hard to get cleared. You know, that's, it, I always think of it, everything like when I have to sell it. When you have to sell something, there's a whole s another set of rules. Making and, it is, is easy. And I'm, this is, you know, this is the first 
Reese and then my man Corey Moe, who's over here somewhere, but it's an artist that I'm also working with. Um, oh, okay. Is the first. Oh, what's up, Corey? These are the first projects that I'm putting out on my label that are not my albums. So now I'm just on the other side of it for real for the first time. I'm the person along with the folks at E1 who has to figure out how to how to sell it. But to me, it's a, with with something like this, is you know Fleetwood Mac is sacred to a lot of people. And um, if I wasn't if I wasn't so confident in Reese as a performer and as a singer, I wouldn't I wouldn't even touch this. Be personally, I, I I like you know when she first said she was gonna do it. I thought it'd be a cool idea, but when I heard it, it was just the way that the way it sounded to me was so brilliant that I was like, yo, actually Fleetwood fans who who are not familiar with Reese, who might even feel like it's sacrilegious to even do this, will hear this and be like, mm, not bad, or at least, at the very least. Like, that's gonna be the, in my opinion, that's gonna be the worst reaction you get from a diehard Fleetwood fan. Be like, not bad. You know, I think the best reaction is gonna be like, man, she really did her thing. And, you know, so I I I I'm there are there are artists I feel like who can't pull that off. And it would be a challenge for, her, and I think for Reese, it's not. Yeah, it worked out. I think. Give it up for Reese one more time. <laughs>